Anthony Davis, uh, I told you, the Lakers can't win this, 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 this series. Forget about the championship. They can't win this series without uh, street clothes. <laughs> I'm not even... You want to explain that? I call him Anthony Street Clothes Davis because he's always in street clothes. <laughs> you ain't got to explain it, Chuck. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 51. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Today, OER, opportunity, excuses, results. Oh yeah, we're going to take a deep dive into that. And I have an equation for it that I just made up a couple days ago. I'm going to use it for everything in life now, even my friends. <laughs> we'll get into that. Tim Tebow, I'm going to double down on what I said two weeks ago. Dr. Fauci now is... Link to the Benghazi files, apparently. Does he not know the email? Well, we'll get to that anyway. Tarantino is doing one more film. Who gives a shit? The Lakers. <laughs> well, enough said there. Anthony Street Clothes Davis. The Tampa Rays, the most underrated team in the world. We'll be getting into that for sure. Happy long weekend from the Vice President of the United States. Bro Exotic comes in to talk about a new restaurant concept that he was able to fund from Woken Token and Buffalo Riot Wings. This guy just can't lose. I don't understand. Maybe I should become Woken and then get some of that money. And of course, Tommy Bench comes on to talk about the Vice President, say, enjoying the long weekend, long weekend over Memorial Day weekend. Blatant hatred for the United States military continues from the Vice President of the United States, and he'll talk about the Tulsa massacre. And I'm sure Dr. Fauci. I don't want to step on his feet or on those but I'm going to touch on a couple. Why? It's my show. If you don't like it, well, you know what? <laughs> World needs plenty of bartenders. Two weeks with pay. Good. Bounce, you're always talking about Tim Tebow. Well, it's just a pretty fascinating story. I'm sorry. Just to reiterate, if you didn't know, here you have a guy, in my opinion, one of the best college football players of all time. Again, football player, not quarterback. <laughs> Should have won two Heisman, just got one. Two national championships. Holds one of the longest win streaks the SEC's ever seen at its pinnacle. <laughs> Goes to the Broncos. We all know the story. Cowboy has to pay me 50 bucks because I told everyone he could draft it in the first round because McDaniels is out of his mind. Thanks, Josh. That was awesome. Walk off versus the Steelers, and third prize is, third prize is you're fired. <laughs> Beats the Steelers in the playoffs, and they can his ass. And he can't even play quarterback for the Jets, goes to broadcasting career, and then, like I said, goes to play baseball. People forget, 2018, he batted 273 in a, in double, in a whole season in double A, fourth highest on his team that year. Okay, he was suiting up to play for the Mets, had to take the offseason to deal with his family issues with his dad, and obviously he sucked in 2019. I believe that to be the reason. I'd like to see somebody quit football right now and bet 273 in double A, which if you didn't know is better than triple A. That's where all the young stallions are. Pretty impressive. So, of course, now Tim Tebow, as I predicted, number one jersey seller in the NFL by far, the number one jersey sale period in America by far. More so than popular people like LeBron James in a, in a runaway. So Jacksonville's already won. They've already won. Right now, he's minus 300 to make the team. He most certainly will. On his last video, if you didn't see, he looks like a 23-year-old linebacker. His arms are the size of your thighs, vascularly, massively ripped. And it looks like he runs good drills and he can catch. Yeah. Oh, he's going to play and it's going to work out. Fact. Jacksonville wins either way. So take that shit out my face with you-know-who. I don't even want to say your dumbass name. I bet you $100 says he can score a touchdown. You're on. Matter of fact, how about 500 You got my number. Just text me, I'm in. I'll take that money. I might win that week one. Shit. Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Let's not even talk about it. What an idiot. And the woke left media, far left, defense him, calling it, man, this just makes you look stronger. No, no, it doesn't. It does not. Have you read some of these emails? <laughs> this dude's all over the place. He had no clue what was going on. He should be stripped of his pension and should be in federal prison. I am not just saying that because some super right person may have said that. I, I'm telling you. 
That's what needs to happen. And then he writes a book. He's going to make a ton of money off that. And then he has a documentary that's coming out. And he cucks. Well, guess what? Amazon just pulled that book off the shelf. Woke Amazon. Third prize is you're fired, Fauci. Belt, stop saying third prize. No, I'm not. It's awesome. Just like the awesome blossom. Why is it awesome? Because it's awesome. The Lakers. <laughs> this is awesome. This is more awesome than the awesome blossom. If you didn't know, the Lakers get squashed in game five. Again, opportunity, excuses, result. This has nothing to do with that, but we'll just dive into it. Well, we're not going to do it yet. Lakers have a major opportunity to win now, non-COVID. Last year they won, asterisk. COVID championship, asterisk. COVID World Series LA, asterisk. Asterisk, the piss out of those two. Big and bold. Well, now they have to beat Phoenix. It's because Anthony Davis is hurt. Well, come on, LeBron, step up. Instead, LeBron walks off the court again before the game's over. Just an absolute loser. Leader, my ass. Piece of shit. It's so sweet to watch the Lakers probably get exited by the Suns. And of all people, Monty Williams and Chris Paul. Amazing. I hope Phoenix wins the whole damn thing. Good for them. But this show needs more of me. Less of you. Tarantino's doing his last film. Let me get Who cares? Honestly, who cares? Great. Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction came out 65 years ago. I had great movies. We, we get it. Since then, I don't think I've enjoyed one. Oh, you like the Django? Oh, that's my favorite. And I've said this before. Yeah, the one where they say the N-word premeditated, premeditatedly over 100, 200 times from a white lead actor. A white producer and a white director. Oh, yeah, but he's not racist. He just looks like an idiot. He's such an intellectual. Did you see the last movie he did? Something, something in Hollywood. I lasted 15 minutes before I went to sleep. That stuff, Tylenol PM has nothing on that movie. You're not smart enough to watch it. Maybe that's it. Just put on Jurassic Park and I'll be happy. Speaking of which, they better not woke up this next Jurassic Park. I swear to God. Why am I not directing these? It'd be like the Mortal Kombat I just saw, which was one of the best movies I've seen in five years. That's right, I said it. It'd be rated R, and the raptors would be ravaging people. That's it. That's the whole plot. Raptor Ravage. Jurassic Park, Raptor Ravage. Rated NC-17. Everyone would go see it. You know it. (sighs) Whether it's the Bible, pro sports, your neighbor, the public, the private sector, a state... Or a politician, there's an equation that I've come up with that I believe to be true. Opportunity, excuses, results. What does that mean, Bellas? I'm glad you asked. It doesn't matter what company it is. We've talked about this before, but let's just reinvest into my fake company I like to talk about. Let's say there's a company. There's basically, like the government, three branches. And no, HR is not one of them. We don't recognize HR on this show. Period. Never will. Ridiculous. If I had to cut, that's the first cuts I'm making in a company. First. Anyway. Opportunity. Operations, finance, and sales all have their opportunities. Those are the three branches. We've done a whole cast on this recently. We all clash heads. Sales clashes with operations and finance or accounting, whatever you want to call it. Operations will also clash with them and sales no one really gets along, but it's this dynamic of every, the checks and balances within that basically keep the company together. If sales was in charge of operations and finance, the company would close within three hours. That's a fact. Don't let me start doing pricing. <laughs> Don't get Tommy Bench started on that. Oh, boy. They just pay him to fix the sales guy's excuses. Excuse me. Yeah, excuses and, and, and just stupid decisions. We all will make excuses. Finance doesn't make as much. Operations will. Sales makes the most excuses. And then results and action. Results is probably the most important of all. And no matter what side you're in, operations, sales, pricing slash finance, accounting, whatever, you have to have results. And no excuses. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. Fucking leads are weak. The OER in inherited wealth is where I want to begin. There's a local grocer here, wildly successful. It's one of the heaviest wine and liquor sales and beer sales place in the greater New Orleans area. 
I may or may not have a family member that works for a company that oversaw it. Long story. We don't have time for it. But the children inherited this wealth after basically breaking, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but basically just because you inherit wealth doesn't mean anything's really going to happen because you have the opportunity to at least maintain or expand. And then the excuse in this case was, well, rehab constantly. <laughs> and the results, the grocery store is hurting right now. It's, it's not being operated correctly since the death. And then, of course, these idiots. See, it happens all the time. I mean, it happened here with a local restauranteur, wildly successful. They own a fast food chain or used to, franchised it. They fry food. It rhymes with ma pies. <laughs> Those kids are just as bad. Growing up, I'm not going to say any names, but they inherited all that. Nothing. Nothing. Huge opportunity. What's the excuse? Tons of excuses. Results? There are no results. Look at Hunter Biden versus Trump Jr. Now, that's just too easy. But what does Hunter Biden do? Your dad's a sitting senator for 40 years. You have all the opportunity in the world. Just think about that. You have a, your dad is one of the more powerful senators. You have everything in the world coming. You have an opportunity to do whatever you want. What are the excuses? Drugs. Again, not my fault. Not my crack pipe. What are the results? You know the results for Hunter Biden. And third prize is you're fired. Then you got Trump Jr. He inherited all the wealth. His dad was rich. That's true. But you can also do what the other guy did. Biden has a lot of money. You can also go ahead and throw it away with drugs, alcohol, bad decisions. What are the results for Trump Jr.? Wildly successful. Most people like him. I think he's hilarious. Well, I don't like him. Well, that's because you're an idiot. Extremely intelligent, well-spoken. He's funny. He should be a comedian. I, I love when he goes on people's shows. It's just like he just rolls off the tongue. I, this guy's great. I'd go see him speak and pay for it. What's the point? Well, 1970 BC, King Solomon takes over. The third king of Israel, Saul. Then David came in. The bloodline died. And then Solomon, which we talked about before, which means peace. Why? Well, it, good, good name because Israel was never at war when he was king because of his wisdom. We've gotten into that before a few months ago. This is not a Bible podcast, but we will throw the Bible into the podcast. We'll throw everything into the podcast. Because the opportunity was you walk into a very, very, much like Trump Jr. or Hunter Biden, a very, very opportunistic opportunity. And all he did was make no excuses, just be the wisest person nearly ever, as the Bible says. If you believe that or not, I don't know. And what are the results? No war and the wild, ridiculous expansion of the kingdom of Israel to the size, wealth, prosperity that the, that the world has never seen at the time. So there's your OER for him. Let's move. Let's shift over to baseball. I talked about the Tampa Rays. Phenomenal. The Tampa Rays sit at 35 and 22 right now, which is good enough for the best record in all of Major League Baseball. In a very, very ridiculous division. If you didn't know, have the Yankees and the Red Sox in there. Now the shit bomb Orioles are there, but the, but the Blue Jays are really warming it up. The Yankees payroll this year is 202 million. The Red Sox, 176 million. The Blue Jays, 144 million. The Rays, 67 million. That's the 26th lowest payroll in Major League Baseball, and yet they stand alone. Almost won the World Series last year versus the Dodgers, which as you know, I said before, had a payroll that didn't even eclipse Clayton Kershaw's contract, and that's double-A, triple-A, independent league, single-A, and their major league team, and they almost won the World Series. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. Eric Neander, he is their general manager. He is eight months younger than me. He just turned 38. Unbelievable what this guy does in his style. He came in with a big opportunity because the, the Tampa, if you didn't know, is not into paying studs. They don't. Remember Carl Crawford? We're not going to pay him. Send him to Boston. What happened to him? <laughs> David Price. <laughs> Double <laughs> garbage. They didn't want to pay Evan Longoria, maybe the best player ever. And he sits on the bench hurt again for San Francisco, even though he's having a good year. So what? Well, they have Snell. No, they got rid of him and sent him to the Padres. You can't name me one player on this team unless you are a Rays fan. You still not be able to name me a few players if you are or if you play fantasy baseball. Otherwise, you don't know anyone on that team. And yet they're in first place with almost the lowest payroll in Major League Baseball. Why? Because the way they're built. 
The opportunity for Neander was simple. Expand what we've been doing, but stick to the game plan. Excuses? There are no excuses. Matter of fact, he was the one that said it was maybe his fault for them not winning the World Series, which is preposterous. It's impossible for that to happen from somebody in the front office. No excuses. Results? Huh. Almost win the World Series. Been to the playoffs the last few years since he took over. 2019 Executive of the Year. Probably going to win it again this year. And he should. Solomon gets an A+. And I give Neander an A. The only reason I don't give him an A+, plus is because he had a couple blunders and trades. But he's still nearly perfect. His opportunity and excuse and result rate is an A. Solid A. Like a 97. Tom Brady. <laughs> we all remember. 2001, second to last game versus the Jets. Mo Lewis sheared a blood vessel in Drew Bledsoe's chest and almost killed him. And in comes Brady. <laughs> What's the opportunity? And the Jets fans probably thought that that was, we knocked out Bledsoe, we're going to crush these guys. And all they did was awaken the biggest sleeping giant in the history of professional sports as the Patriots just dog humped them for two decades. <laughs> it's just great. Oh, I love it. I mean, this one's too easy, but the opportunity for Brady, was there really an it's opportunity? I mean, you got to take over for Bledsoe. The upside, the downsides are actually bigger in this case, I think. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we all know what happened. He gets another opportunity. The opportunity to only be the second quarterback to pull this stunt, but Peyton Manning, leave a team to go win a Super Bowl from another team. It's wildly impossible, nearly. And then he was the opportunity to be the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl in the city you play in. It's almost not fair. Even though he did throw three interceptions in the second half from the NFC Championship, but Green Bay cucked and gave it back three times. Pathetic. But Brady's just done too much. A couple of Super Bowl blunders, but Tom Brady's had the opportunity. Brady does not make excuses. What excuses does Brady make? And the results? Legendary biblical insanity. Brady gets another solid A. What, he just hand out A's all day? Oh, there's three A's. From a king of GM and probably the goat. I don't know. You want to see a not A? I'll tell you one. Jerry Dipito. The 2011 came in to be the Angels manager. The Anaheim Angels at the time. <laughs> and he was an analytics guy. Oh, shock. Well, Mike Sosha was not an analytics guy. Also, shock, right? <laughs> you didn't know Sosha was pretty old school. Yeah, used to fight a lot when he played. I kind of liked him. Under this man, the opportunity was the largest the world has ever seen. Why? Because ownership now is going to spend money. The Angels were known for never spending money. And they became the Yankees of the West. They spent more than the Dodgers a couple years. Let me tell you how they did this. In 2011, after the Rangers lost to the Cardinals in the World Series, they paid C.J. Wilson five years, 77 0.5 million. They pay Albert Pujols to get him from the team that just beat the Rangers, as you remember, a 10-year, $240 million contract. Who has this type of money to spend? The dumbest contract since Mark Teixeira's. Oh, and by the way, in 2011, you called up Mike Trout, who might be the best baseball player of all times. 2013, they trade... For David Freeze, the stud that won the game for the Cardinals again. The World Series against the Rangers again. <laughs> Trade form. Let's, let's back it up then. What happened to C.J. Wilson? Out of baseball in three years, ERA of over six. David Freeze couldn't hit his weight. Albert Pujols, you know how that goes. And you still can't win with Mike Trout. More opportunity than any GM I've ever seen. Excuses? He blamed his coaching staff for ninth inning blunders. No. You ran this team like a drunk you ran this team like a drunken politician in California. You ran it like Newsom. Just throw money at it. The exact opposite of what Tampa does. How pathetic is that? I mean, Tampa is moneyball on steroids at the time. These guys are California on hyper steroids. No pun because they're in there. Jerry DeBito, third prize is you're fired. F. The results were they go to the playoffs one time and get swept by the Royals. Congratulations. How pathetic is that with this all-star team and a never-ending checkbook? 
and you can't figure it out, let me tell you someone who did real quick. Michael Lewis. Ever heard of him? The beer man. If you didn't know, some time ago, there was a guy from Louisiana, local here in greater New Orleans area, that was waiting tables at the time while he was playing in football leagues you've never heard of. Leagues where you make probably 5000 a year. And then he couldn't play in this league that defunct, so what he had to do is start driving a beer truck. A beer truck. That's why they call him the beer man. And then one day, he shows up to a Saints training camp uninvited. This is like Willie Mays on Major League. You might run like Hayes, but you hit like shit. Willie Mays Hayes. And this dude pops off a 4-3-8-40. Jim Hassel at the time took his glasses down. It looked like Chuck Schumer. This guy came from nothing. He seized an opportunity. They put him on the practice squad. And before you know it, he's the Saints specialty special teams returner. And he goes to the Pro Bowl. He returned two kicks versus the Redskins one day. And Spurrier was on the sideline puking. Michael Lewis was a threat. The likes of which we've never seen. And then they put him in the slot. He started being a great receiver. Little guy, got hurt a lot, made no excuses, just made the most of that opportunity. And the results, he got to go to a Pro Bowl, two Pro Bowls, and then became the Saints ambassador officially for almost a decade before he retired. Good for him. Michael Lewis, B+. How the opportunity seized it, made no excuses, results, B+. Kind of fumbled a bit for my liking, but that's okay. Solid B+. We've talked about kings, GMs, players, O-E-R. Okay, now we're going to switch gears. Bell, so you're leading up to politics? Of course I'm leading up to politics through sports. What, are you new to this thing? Okay, we're going to say every mayor of New Orleans since 1882, the last time they had a Republican mayor. And might I just say, boy, if you're left out there, far lefty, and I know you're out there, a lot of people listening, what, how, how ridiculous are these sick far-left blue mares in these cities that continue to fail constantly. I could do a whole show on that, but I'm not going to say anything you don't already know. Let's start. Instead of taking the whole time for New Orleans, I don't know where to segue or segment these or compartmentalize it, if you will. Let's start with Mayor Nagin. Remember him? It's a chocolate city. Yeah, just a proud guy. When he got in front of the white people, he was like, well, actually, I think that the economic theory, he gets in front of people of color, he's chucking and jiving, doing his thing. Totally superficial. Had no business being mayor. Worked for Cox Cable. What? Good baseball player, though. Played for Vanderbilt. Pretty smart guy, I think. I don't know. Absolutely ridiculous. Federal government gives New Orleans hundred. I think it was was $122 million. Remember when Bush didn't do anything for him? And don't get me started on Bush. C minus D. Easily. Anyway. Nagin gets money from the federal government, and instead of putting it towards levy reinforcement, which was what the money was for. He uses it for Moroccan palm trees up Canal Street. 65 grand a pop. All the way down, stretching for miles. And then what happened to Katrina a year and a half later? No way. Belts, that story's not true. Google it. F. Oh, and where's he right now? Federal prison. <laughs> you can't be the mayor of New Orleans without going to jail. Don't worry, Mitch, you're next. And speaking of, let's segue into Mitch Landrieu. Oh, excuse me. The opportunity for Nagin was huge. The opportunity to right the wrongs of constant, terrible public education, a rising violent crime, a chance to beef up the police with the budget that he was given, a chance to stop and end this ridiculous wave of murders in this city, and he didn't do anything. And neither did Mitch Landrieu. F for Nagin as he sits in jail. Loser. Mitch Landrieu, the snowflake of the century, brother to the ex-U.S. Senator Mary Landrieu who one day thought she was the Queen of England or Helena on Mount Olympus and threatened to take away gun ownership in Louisiana. Yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah, that ass guy, I could have beat her in that election. Idiot. Anyway, her brother, Landrew, who looks like, looks like an idiot. <laughs> this guy was more worried about woke statues, worried about taking down all the statues than he was the ridiculous rising crime rate in New Orleans. And he also was all about not helping out the local police. Boy, did they hate him. I know a couple. Terrible mayor. He cucked because he thought Hillary was going to win in 2016 and he'd get some woke cabinet position. Third prize is you're fired. The Trumpster won. 
Landrew's unemployed or lobbying for some woke company. God knows what he's doing. Loser. F. The opportunity to fix all of Nagin's wrongs, like he said he would, and he didn't. Typical, Typical politician. F. And then now Latoya the Destroyer, who's more worried about masking up still right now than she is the ludicrous. Now it's just out of control. She came in and campaigned on police and safety, which is what most people care about, number one, in Orleans Parish. There are 650 police officers governing Orleans Parish who almost harbors a million people. Why? Because everyone's left and they've been defunded. She cares more about COVID than people dying. Children dying in crossfire constantly. Dead carjackings during the day. Violent crime. Another woke, far-left, liberal, idiot mayor. F minus. Terrible. The opportunity to fix that guy's problems. And the excuses from all three of them are ridiculous. She blames Trump still for COVID and for New Orleans problems. And they got that big check from the federal government for shutting it down when so many people lost their businesses and livelihood. Suicides are through the roof. I wonder where that money's going to go. And by the way, the mayor of New Orleans still has a lien on her house. Let me repeat that. La, la, la. Lean on her house. They don't pay taxes, apparently. But you pay yours. Yeah, be a good little lackey. If the governor of Louisiana wasn't that bad, John Bell Edwards, I mean, he was garbage. Don't get me wrong, but not nearly as garbage as them. He had the opportunity. What he had the opportunity to do was go along with every other Democrat mayor and destroy the state. But he actually really didn't. Now, he could have. Of course, the mayor and him bumped heads. He is a Democrat. He's not woke. He's just a Democrat. Kept the oil and gas industry alive. Kept most of the things alive that looked like was going to get crushed. Now, he did a lot of bad things as well. He went back on a lot of things, but it could have been a lot worse. So he had the opportunity to ruin everything like most blue states or the states now blue, but more Democrat governors like in Michigan, and he chose not to. C minus. Excuses. He had his excuses. Still kind of blaming his predecessor. That's kind of ridiculous. Results. It could have been worse. C minus. California right now has an 8.3 unemployment rate. 8.3. That's good enough for second in the country. Let me read you off the top. uh, I'll stop when I hit a Republican governor. And this is from the Department of Labor right off their website. Don't Don't try to cuck on this. Hawaii, shock number one. Democrat, California, Democrat, New York, Democrat, New York, uh, New Mexico, Democrat, Yukon, Democrat. What do you mean Democrat? I mean Democrat mayor. Nevada, Democrat. New Jersey, Democrat. District of Columbia, Democrat. Pennsylvania, hey, Wolf, Dem. Louisiana, Democrat. Illinois, Democrat. Then finally, Texas. And the top 10 lowest unemployment rates all have Republican governors. Go look at it if you don't believe me. And I'm talking about these governors next week. I have my info now. I'm ready to roll. That's a shock. Good job, Newsom. Previous mayor of San Francisco. The 40th governor of California. (laughs) Who has destroyed that state. You're not saying anything we don't know. I might say a few things you don't know. But the opportunity he had was to do the things that he promised to do. And what he promised to do was create organic jobs through lessening taxes, corporate tax rates to bring some of the companies back potentially that left for Texas and Florida, etc. He did the exact opposite. Excuses? Trump and COVID constantly. Shutting down an entire state while he goes to fancy restaurants, maskless, as he gallivants around. Nice hair, Gavin. <coughs> Tag it. <coughs> Tag it. Where are you going with this? You know exactly where I'm going with this. California right now is an absolute disaster. Gavin Newsom, F minus. And we'll get into why. And while I'm there, the state of California, you also get an F. Not quite an F minus, but an F. Why? Because that state used to be the most prosperous, unbelievable state ever, particularly when Reagan was the governor. And since then, it's been terrible as you continue to elect idiots like Jerry Brown, Even Schwarzenegger was trash. All these liberal mayors that just destroy these cities in Sacramento, San Francisco, L.A., Anaheim, and the like. Long Beach is a mess. 
further and further down the, the state has an opportunity to get rid of these people, but instead they keep reelecting him and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. His taxes get higher and higher. Oh, that's not true. Two million more people went to California. Those two million people came from the country down south. Don't tell me anybody in the middle or upper middle class is moving to California. You're out of your goddamn mind. They're fleeing like locusts to Idaho and, and particularly Nevada. The locusts being the ones that take their woke politics with them. Please leave that Billy Jack bullshit in the house you're leaving when you pack the last box in that U-Haul and go to some red state where you're probably going to prosper. Leave that bullshit in your blue state. I will say that every episode. It is nauseating. Disgusting. Take that shit with you to other states. Makes, me, makes my face red. Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida. Let's compare some raw data. Right now, as of two hours ago, 63,287 COVID deaths in California. 36,923 in Florida. But their populations are different. 3.7 million in California opposed to the 21.6 million in the state of Florida. Yet they both were polar opposite. Now, if you do the simple math and you divide the population into it, you will see there is about an 8% differential higher for Florida in COVID deaths. So COVID deaths killed a lot of old people. There's a lot of old people in Florida. The point being is that it doesn't matter. We clearly see the shutdown in California. All it did was kill nearly as many people per capita as it did in Florida. And the difference is the millions and millions and millions of people in California didn't have to suffer economic Hades. Florida never shut down, as you know, ever. Look, look, it saved everyone. How can you be a liberal business owner in Florida wishing you shut down? Go move to California. How about that? Can you imagine if Andrew Gillum had been elected governor in 2018, the state Florida would be in right now? Holy shit. No, but DeSantis didn't cuck like Newsom. God, I hate him. Recent speech, Newsom started rattling off all these other states as his problem, too. Somehow he tied in Jim Abbott to his problem, the governor of Texas. What are you talking about? This is all you. Pathetic. Excuses galore. Results. California continues to be destroyed from the inside out. And it's an organic destruction, like cancer. Ron DeSantis is an idiot. Yeah, he went to hell. Hell. <laughs> He went to Yale, graduated top of his class, then went to Harvard Law. <laughs> Harvard Law? What? Uniform and with your Harvard mouth, extend me some fucking courtesy. Here we have a guy that hands out checks to cops, first responders, etc. The exact opposite of what California does. Giving checks to people just not working. He's going to end the unemployment. Ridiculous. This now in place. Shouldn't even have had it in the first place because it never closed. $1,000 checks to people that actually might need it. Instead of defunding the police, he upfunds the police, refunds the police. Unemployment at Florida stands at 4.8%. Unbelievable. You don't believe me? Check it. And it's down from their running average of 6.2. He's a shitty governor. Many people died in Florida as it did in California. Unfortunately, COVID was going to kill people, and he recognized this. And by the way, liberals love educational accolades when it's them, but, you know, I guess DeSantis cheated through Harvard Law School. Yeah, he's so stupid. He's only 42 years old. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Oh, and so is my donation. Just say the word, Ronnie boy. Say the word. What's your point? Oh, wait. Forgot. This is opportunity? Well... Him getting elected was opportunity number one, the opportunity to save the state he lived in from Gillum, who would have destroyed it. Also, he promised unemployment would drop. He would make life better for the police and he would never defund them. He's done everything he said and then more. Unemployment now below 5%. That is unbelievable for that population. That is incredible. And he's nearly solely creditable for that. DeSantis doesn't know how to make excuses, which is why I really like him. He makes improvements and owns when he's wrong. He owned the deaths in Florida. He said, this is happening everywhere, but we're not going to ruin everyone else. If you don't like it, stay inside. And results. 
You know the results. I just said them before I even said results. O-E-R. A++, Ronnie. I don't care what anyone says. I'll never change my mind on that ever. Just remember, there's always an opportunity. You're going to have the chance to make that excuse and cuck, and you're going to be accountable for results. I don't care where that is, on the sports field, in your life, in your family. I don't care if it's the HOA. Everything. Whether you're gambling. You have opportunity to win money. What's the excuse? You missed an extra point. Oh, sounds like you shouldn't have made the bet. Guess what? Shit happens. Do more research. And the results, you lose. Third prize is you're fired. You get what I'm saying. This one, you know, this is just too easy, but I... I Bob Baffert. Do you have any idea how much money you cost? Me and particularly a friend of mine. How you cost so many people so much money and one people money that don't deserve to win from pulling a Jose Canseco on your horse. How is this man not in federal prison right now? You're just mad because you lost. So what? If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Well, do it to yourself, not an animal. Hope the animal was he have to get vaccinated now. Give him the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. It's ridiculous, Baffert. You're not going to make the awards ceremony because I liked you before this because you won me some money. But what have you done for me lately besides juice up the horse who failed another drug test? You cost way too much money, especially to my buddy. And you are white bitch of the week. The Onion Ring, where even fiction is reality. Everything on here is a fact. With guest host, Bro Exotic, Super Woke. Bro Exotic, thanks for jumping on the Sports Enload 51. What's going on, pal? Uh, what's going on, dude? Uh, bro Exotic, founder of Me Too, Epsilon, Theta, Omega. Omega, what's going on, bro? Sick. Sick. Nothing much, man. Um, I do want to talk to you about that frat one day uh, when we have a chance. We haven't really gotten into that. We'll probably do that next week, but we have limited time, and you have a lot to say. Lest I be the one to limit what you say. What this show needs is less of me, more of you. Uh, So let's just start off right now. You have taken the money from your Woken token, uh, and you told us to buy into it. You told us to. You bought it for like 18 billionths of a cent. And now you're up, I don't even know, like millions with woke and token, especially with the woke culture we have now with the presidency of Biden and Kamala Harris. Woke and token is soaring. And then Buffalo riot wings, even though there hasn't been a riot, is still really sustaining an amazing profit level. People are franchising these across the country right now without even riots knowing that they're coming. And just like the dragons in uh, what's that dumbass show that I'm like? In uh, South Park, Eddie, they're I, coming. All right. no, the, you're, thinking, you're thinking Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know, the dragons are coming. We heard that for years. The riots are coming. Uh, you have taken that and invested into a new restaurant concept, which I think is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. But I keep saying that about what you do, and you keep making way more money than me. You came up with a concept called Woco Bell, and you're serving a – you know what? You take it from here. Go ahead. This is just incredible. So, yeah, dude, so um, this is kind of uh, also perpetuated by the Church of Woke. Uh, so we – we just feel that uh, Mexican restaurants are infringing upon uh, the rights of their cuisine to identify as the gender uh, neutral non-binary uh, food item of their choice. <laughs> so, like, for instance, like Taco Bell treats their contrap <laughs> Supremes with the same gender pronoun consciousness of Joe Biden when he's talking to kids in cages on the border. So we just really didn't want to uh, we didn't want to mirror that. So uh, pretty much. um you know, we just we established this place to become civil rights pioneers uh, in regards to justice for Mexican sexual uh, cuisine to identify how they feel. How they uh, feel? Um, they're just really underrepresented in uh, in the uh, in this type of uh, industry. Um, like for instance, today, like this afternoon, I uh, when I went to Woco Bell, I ate their signature item, the uh, gender fluid taco. Uh, when I started eating it. They, they, uh, that's their pronoun of choice. They, 
they identified as a soft tortilla taco with soy beef and vegan bluegrass cheese. But like halfway through, they uh, identified as a non-binary, demigender, neutral Muslim burrito of color. So like naturally, I let them pray <laughs> toward Mecca on their wrapper before eating the rest of it. I'm not laughing at you, Bro Exotic. I'm sorry. I'm laughing with you. There's a reason why we don't talk about most of this prior. Um, so they put the wait. Did I hear a Mecca thing on the? Yeah, dude. On so the when they, so halfway through eating it, they uh they transitioned and identified as a non-binary, demi-gender neutral Muslim burrito of color. So naturally, you know, yeah. it was it was only right to let them pray to, toward Mecca on their wrapper before eating the rest. You know, dude. I mean, you really thought all this through. Loco Bell seems to be one of the most amazing ideas of all times. I think this one probably going to take over Buffalo Riot Wings pretty soon because simply put, we don't need riots to go eat gender neutral or excuse me, what is it? Gender, uh, gender, or gender fluid. Yeah. Gender fluid. Uh, yes. Tacos that are either going to be hard tacos, soft so, tacos, but they're really different the thing, color shells. The, the thing that really makes the gender fluid taco so great is that it's made with our signature sauce. Um, I, I believe you call that the weak sauce, correct? Yes, yes, that'd be yes. Uh, you call weak sauce. Actually, um, our signature sauce is so exclusive that we don't really even know what's in it. I mean, I don't know if you've seen our <laughs> lo- I don't know if you've seen our logo, but uh, it's our woke hero uh, Greta Thunberg. So just like we don't really know exactly what's in our sauce, it's much like Greta. Uh, she doesn't know the intricacies of climate change, but we treat her like a foremost global expert on the subject anyway. So it works for her, so it might as well work for us. You know? Interesting. And I do understand where you're coming from. Greta Thunberg um, but knows absolutely zero about anything, much like David Hogg does about guns. Who cares about that? And yet you, instead of trying to be a pioneer and doing the right thing, or I won't say the right thing, but the hard thing to find out what's in your sauce, you just take Greta Thunberg at her word, not knowing what's going on, and then you incorporate that into your own sauce, ergo, it being the weak sauce, or we don't want to call it the secret sauce, but that's right. why you don't know what's in it because you have so much faith in her. You adopt the same, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, that's I'm, that's I'm, so commendable, dude. Like that's badass. Yeah, dude, we're just like you know, uh, she found success uh, that way. So we're like, why can't we do it? Uh, you know, uh, oh, wait, our way too. Quick question: Is the sauce as inconsistent as her opinion? Uh, is the sauce tastes like one thing one day and then the other way? Do you, when you make the vet or whatever, is it different ingredients or how you feel that day? Kind of like, you know, a 12 year old idiot from another country. I mean, is that kind of how you go about it or well, really, how thing, does that work? The thing is, if you check on Instagram, uh, on our latest ad, you can actually see the warning label on the weak sauce. It might make you, uh, it might cause you to have, um, just thoughts oh, of vic- seeing this now. Yeah. It, it, it could cause you to have thoughts of victimization. So you could just feel really triggered by how the sauce makes you feel. Hmm. Um, so yeah. And then that, that changes too. That's all fluid, uh, much like the sauce. So like, you know, the, those type of, uh, <laughs> those type of like, uh, triggered aggressions, uh, change from, uh, from sauce to sauce and taco to taco. You're so, your insanity knows no limits. I keep making fun of you. You keep making money between woke and token, you know, Buffalo ride wings and now Woco bell. we got to wrap it up quick, but, uh, You've already had several people talk to you about franchising opportunities, uh, and they're even happening in red states. Are you, I mean, are, do you have any? Can I can I franchise a Woco Bell, or am I excluded because I'm not in the Church of Woke and all this other bullshit stuff? Where you guys keep excluding me, a tax-paying white Republican, or can I be involved in Woco Bell? Because I'm really well. Trying. Well, our biggest problem with that dude is we just don't want. Uh... We don't want those who don't identify as woke changing the landscape of what we've created. This needs to become uh, more and more woke. I don't think we're done yet. So I don't know. If you're not really on board with how we operate here, dude, I don't really know how you could franchise at this point. Right. So it's not about money. It's more about the ideology. Is that what it is? It's, again, it's just all about pandering in the end. (laughs) Hey, man. I... I... (laughs) Sorry, it's pretty good. You're not even trying to be fun. Look, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you, even though you're not laughing and somehow you're fucking holding it together. But uh, that was, it's all about pandering in the end. That should be the motto. We should just put that on all of your restaurants. 
But anyway, Bro Exotic, thanks for jumping on the Sports Antidote. You are always one of the most anticipated guests, obviously, here on the Onion Ring, which I always fail to mention the Onion Ring, but anything you want to close with? Uh, yeah, dude, you can follow me at, uh, on Instagram at Bro Exotic, B-R-E-A-U-X, Exotic. And uh, no joke, stay woke, bro. Stay woke, Chief. We'll see you next week. All right, bro. Cheers. Bro Exotic continues to cuck, but continues to impress, financially, that is, with his ideas. You don't see these woke entrepreneurs? I don't get it. I don't know. It's incredible. Where's Tommy Bench? Tommy Bench, thanks for jumping on the Sports Anload, episode number 51. What's up, cadet? (laughs) Not much, big guy. How are you doing? (laughs) The most people may not have got that, but Tommy Bench would be n- labeled a midshipman, That's not right. That's a right. cadet, although he dodged that feeble. I thought that was going to hit home, and it did not. One of my brothers said you have to have him stop calling you squirt, so he of course moved on. he takes, he takes the high road. Yes. That's right. Well, that's why I was flipping hash while you were serving our country. I guess that's how that works. Oh, by the way, before we begin, can you give the 35, 45 second on someone asked me about why I said flipping hash? Totally off subject. Okay. Can you do All this right. in less than a minute? Here we, here we go. So uh, we were a couple years into college. I think maybe I was home on break from, from my freshman year at the Naval Academy. I was visiting uh, one of our mutual friends. Uh, it was more just the kid we all liked because he was – 20 years old and in high school and was driving before the rest of us. But anyway, visiting him and, and his dad, who was, you know, three fifths of retard and an alcoholic, uh, said, what's, uh, what's that McGovern kid up to? Still slinging hash? Uh, because you were attending culinary school at the time. And so, of, of course, I could not resist. I, I made sure to relay that to you. Um, yes. And, Neither as his the, son was arrested for felony as, uh, drug charges and and, right. and, uh, and credit card theft, but whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, who made it out better right now? Whatever. The culinary school kid is now, uh, I, I'm doing okay. But I just, somebody asked me about that, so I'd have you say it. So let's just start on the docket here. Let's go to work with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch. I see what you want to discuss. I'll just label them off one by one. We don't necessarily need a segue. This isn't a Bill Burr act. Let's just start off with the vice president, air quotes, vice president, uh, before Memorial Day, saying, uh, have a nice long enjoy, weekend. Enjoy, <laughs> no, enjoy the long weekend. I'm sorry, enjoy. but then can I get this right? <laughs> yes, yes, the, the cackling laugh on par. Again, they found the one woman in Democrat politics. She sounds politics. like Ed from the the retarded, am I allowed to say that? No, the The not. hyena from the Lion King that certainly has a learning disability, they call Ed. It just goes, yes. <laughs> it's, yes. it's pretty ridiculous, but anyway, go ahead. So enjoy the long weekend. Now, before we dive into that, and I do want to set a baseline. We all see on Facebook, we all have those friends who are either in the military or, or, or uh, closely associated with somebody, maybe the spouse of a service member. And, you know, they put up their post about Memorial Day is a day to remember. Don't thank me for my service. It's about remembering those who have fallen. Uh, Veterans Day is for people who have served. Armed Forces Day is for them. And, and, and look, if, if that's your thing to put up that kind of post, Okay, it's not my thing because I'll never try to shame somebody if they if they just happen. Oh, thank you for your service. And it's Memorial Day. Now, I I do. I might remind somebody and say, well, you know, Memorial Day is about remembering those who have been killed in action. And and one thing. I I have not heard anybody specify if it's killed in action or died while serving, because those those are slightly different. But we'll save that for a different time. But the point is, I, I don't try to overdo the whole i'm a veteran and i am owed all this and where's my military discount and i'm going to go to applebee's and ihop six times on veterans day and get like I, look <laughs> i'm proud of my service I'll, I'll never not talk about it i'm involved in a couple of veterans groups and those sort of things so very proud of it but i also don't think the world revolves and starts and stops uh because of me and my service or the service of any others but nonetheless Memorial Day, it's, it, it's more than just a long weekend. It's more than, say, a communist holiday in early September that a, that a president put in place because there were striking railroad workers in the late 1800s. And by the way, How if, I been, if I would have been president, I would have sent the Pinkertons in and gotten them back to work to build that transcontinental railroad. But we'll set that aside. Yeah. We'll set that aside for a second. But the tone deafness, and, and actually... That's, that's an easy excuse. It's like, well, she just didn't think about it. I think it's worse than that. 
I think a bunch of snot-nosed, blue-haired, radical leftists who are working in her communications shop said, what can we do to piss off all the Trump-loving, flag-waving, military-supporting, Republicans and Republican-leaning type people? And that's what they came up with. It was meant to slap your opponents in the face and pat your allies on the back to show not, them, look, we don't we don't really care about these folks. Of course, I, I, I to, just I hate to jump in here, but I have to say it also was not just now that's the main thing. So, for instance, if you try to, you know, drop a nuclear bomb, I'm just making a very large. Uh, this is a generalization. Dropping a nuclear bomb on North Korea would hurt our friends in South Korea. Right. It would right. hurt them nonetheless. My point is, and what they did there also would be the same effect. I know a lot of non-Trump supporting veteran people that did not like that remark at, at all. As a, and, and, as a reason why her approval rating is under 40% and Biden is well over 50. It's because she's than, unlikable even with she's, people in her own party. She, she's unlikable. And, and so it is, it's, it is, there is an element of tone deafness. Um, I just think it was intentional. And then I think they miscalculated the mark because they didn't realize um, how how poorly it would be received pretty much across the board. But again, it was a wink and a nod to their radical left-wing yeah. base, you know, the Ilian Omars and Ocasio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaibs and, and the, the, the disciples and followers of those type people. So great job, Kamala. And then the irony is she was and giving... And exotic, she, she was And bro exotic. Um, she was She gave the commencement address at the Naval Academy. And, and oh Bye. God, the alumni groups were just all these woke people like, look at this. It's so wonderful. Look, I'm just happy when I graduated. Darth Vader himself, Dick Cheney. Hey, Dick Cheney handed cool. me my I, diploma. I was, I was in attendance. I don't remember what he said, but I know it pissed off all the liberals in, that were in the audience, all the family members. To no end, and and I take great solace. Wait, in you that. did see you did see Kamala Harris like bombed. She, oh, her she joke messed up like six yes. jokes. Like nobody was clapping. She laughed it was, at her own jokes. It was you that actually brought up a while ago. She has some sort of systemic tick. She does. She, she gets nervous. She just she, laughs. She just laughs. And again, they found the one so Democrat, awful. the one female Democrat politician who has a laugh worse than Hillary Clinton, and they made her the vice president. I, I just I don't know how they managed yeah. to do that. It was like they went on, you know, America's Got Talent for Horrible Laughing and found her and, and made her the vice president. It's really just really absurd. So yeah. great job, Kamala, uh, with, with your communications team. Great pronunciation on her name, too, because I think you just nailed it. I still don't know how to say it. But, yeah, let's not hang up too much on this. But, oh, before we move on, though, speaking of the military, I did see somebody trotting around in the grocery store on Monday in Ironic. some sort of uniform. Yeah, it's kind of coincidental, and maybe, maybe not. Kind of coincidental. Now, again, this goes and, back to the whole. I don't walk well, around Vince, saying. The reason I'm saying that is he was strutting around like a prize horse, and I feel like he did enough laps in there to get his steps in for the week. Uh, right, but <laughs> and, how many uh, laps has he ever done overseas? Me thinks I, I, not too I, I many. I don't know. I don't know, but it did seem like he was kind of, oh, kind of. Maybe looking for well, someone to say, and, "Hey, man, let me buy that case of beer you have." He did have two cases of Budweiser. I mean, he clearly wasn't doing anything on base that day. So right, uh, he's about to throw down two cases of Budweiser, and and this goes to the thing, you know, kind of running jokes within the veteran community about on Veterans Day, like the kind of guys who bust into every place, you know, Applebee's and IHOP, like, "Where's my free stuff? Where's my free stuff?" And it's like, come on, dude, for real? Like, is that what it boils down to? Is you know, getting a free blooming onion? I mean, blooming onions—they are fantastic. Trash. Yeah, blooming, no, blooming onions. So if I can get a free one of those, I'm game. But I, I just there is there is this mentality among veterans to kind of police each other and say, dude, you, you're overdoing it a bit. Settle down. OK, we're, we're not like, all Chesty like Puller was... and Chris Kyle war heroes. So let's not yes. overrepresent things. I understand that. I do think he was uh, from a betting man, which I am typically on the heavy side of a coin flip. I'm going to say he put that on today to see if he could get some. Thank you for your services. Maybe somebody buy him his groceries. Is it messed up that I'm saying that? No, because no. there's no, no way he was coming back from base or going to base with 48 Budweiser's. Anyway, uh, I could keep you on here all day on that. Let's move on to the oh, this is a hot topic. The the Tulsa 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 massacre. So right, right. Uh, the the reason this has come up is seems pretty horrid. 
uh, May 31st, I believe, was the 100-year anniversary of the 1921 Tulsa Massacre. And, and before anyone thinks, oh, I wonder, I wonder how Bench is going to walk their way out of that one and explain how it's just a confluence effect. No, it was, it was horrible. Like, bottom line, period, full stop. It was a situation similar to Emmett Till, but on a much larger scale from the standpoint of somehow a, a rumor got started within the white community in Tulsa that a black man had assaulted a white woman and it just kind of escalated and grew from there until essentially marauding hordes of whites in Tulsa went through and burned and destroyed and killed. Uh, I, I believe it might've been over a hundred, maybe even a couple hundred black people and, and just decimated what had been called Black Wall Street. It was this area of Tulsa, Oklahoma that was that was just full of black owned businesses. It was a very successful, very thriving community. And it was just essentially destroyed in, in probably one of the, the worst acts of not what I'm trying of, calcu- of calculated and directed and targeted racism that we've ever seen, you know, post-Civil War United States. So it's really, it, it, it's horrible. There's no talking around it. There's no like, well, you know, the facts didn't come. No, it's just really horrible, really awful. But the interesting thing is, you know, Joe Biden goes back there and, and, and he talks, and a lot of Democrats and leftists, they talk as if nothing has changed, as if the experience of being Black in America and the experience and way white people treat Black people in America today is the same as it was in 1921. And that's just objectively not true. Are, are, there, are there some awful white people out there who, who still harbor racist sentiments? Yes. Are there some awful black people who harbor, harbor racist sentiments against white people? Yes, because racism is a condition. It, it's a, a failure of the human heart and we are all fallen. So sin will continue to exist. This is just one form that it happens to take. But, but what I look at is, what was that community, the black community in Tulsa pre-1921, what were they doing that led them to be so successful? And, and I feel like nobody looks back to that and then says, is there anything we can do to emulate that, not just in black communities today, but in all communities? Like, what were they doing? And I'd be willing to bet. You know, you say you're a betting man. I, I've placed the occasional wager, not quite to the uh, extreme of Danny Belts, but I'd be willing to bet. What you'd find if we went back and looked at, you know, census records and things of that black community in Tulsa, Oklahoma, pre-1921, is you'd find high rates of education completion, whether at least, you know, high school or or whatever the standard of the day was, whether it might have only been eighth grade that the average person graduated. I bet there was a high percentage of those community members completed whatever the, the standard level of education was for that time. I bet a high percentage of them were married prior to having kids and stayed together and worked full-time jobs. And I just think when you, when you start adding those things together, that's where you'll see success within any community that, that, that you're analyzing. And I think it's a real uh, travesty that today leftists and Democrats are unwilling to, to make any sort of statement about, well, here are things that whatever the disadvantaged community is, whatever community you're pointing to, this week and saying, oh, look, they're, they're on the wrong end of it. And only we, the enlightened few, can help them. Instead of saying, hey, here's things that can be done. Now, is it always internal factors that are 100% of it? No. But why not at least start with the internal factors that attempt to address the issue um, prior to blaming everybody else and blaming people who have nothing to do with it? Um, and in- interestingly, the Wall Street Journal actually had a pretty good explanation of how that particular event in Tulsa really did set behind the descendants of that, of those, um, of those, uh, the members of that community from the 1920s, you know, because so much generational wealth or the opportunity to accrue generational wealth disappear practically overnight. And, and that really is a shame. And, and so in that circumstance where you have a targeted thing, uh, okay, maybe we can do different things or look for ways to help folks out. But it, it, it was not that universal and that widespread, even at that time. You know, people talk about Jim Crow. Jim Crow existed. It was by law in a number of states. It was not all 50 states. In fact, there were large swaths of the Northeast where that, that was not even a thing. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. And I, I think it's, it's, again, it's a chance where 
Joe Biden could have stepped up and shown he's a moderate and, and said, you know, we, we've come a long way. We still have more to do, but we've come a long way. Instead, he just says, oh, things are just as bad today as they were 100 years ago, which is a complete joke. Well, it is a complete joke, but the biggest complete joke is that he woke up that morning. Um, I'm not going to get into his, you know, this, the way that Ben Shapiro has been describing him lately is pretty funny, how he basically just walks around his house bumping into stuff and knocking over, knocking over China and then just saying like, oh, how did that happen? But the thing is, is that uh, it's the fact that he hasn't wrote one thing he said in a very long time. And the big question still remains, who's writing? Who's writing this? And it's not their campaign director. It's not their director of media. It's not. What's that? What's it's that? Ron Klain, the chief of staff. It's Ron People Klain. Say that. Ron People say that, but he's also has an IQ of around a dragonfly. So I'm not sure about that. And what's the other chick that, oh, we're circle back to that. I still can't get uh, it. Saki, Jen Saki. Saki, we'll circle back to that. Oh, like, she, she doesn't, she's got less of an IQ than a gnat. So. You circle back that many times, you have to circle front before you go forward. I don't know, but like, we'll circle back to that. Oh, I would trump. If I had a media pass and they gave me the same power they gave, a, was it Acosta that we used to, him and Trump? Jim Acosta. Find would, you a man I who loves you. I would be canceled so fast, but I would literally troll her harder then I do Stan Van Wokey for the New Orleans Pelicans, who officially has blocked me. So congratulations to me. A reef of me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. One, one final topic to yeah, close. Final it topic. Go ahead. So we've all seen by now the Fauci emails. The Fauci emails are breaking. Um, there's a lot there to pick through. I, I think it all has to start in early January 2020 when serious people, not, not kook, you know, QAnon, Trump support. No, serious scientists. One guy was a physicist who, who did a lot of mathematical modeling. Other virologists and immunologists, serious people were contacting him and saying, you know, I, either it, they were comments. These people were offering him comments about something doesn't look right. Is it possible this was modified in a lab? Uh, another guy was was really pressing the point that, look, the numbers China's providing us are false. We can't count on them. We should not trust them. He had enough. Again, I, and I just stress serious people. OK, not some opinion writer for for Red State or Town Hall or something like that. Both great you know, uh, outlets that I like to read commentary from. But serious scientific people. Right. We always say, follow the science, the science, the science says, OK. The science was telling him in January 2020, remember January, everybody think back. That's, that's when nobody was talking about this, okay? Nobody was talking or thinking about this. But in January 2020, people were sending him emails saying, hey, you should really think about this. And, and at one point, he forwarded it to somebody else and said, it's too long. I don't feel like reading this. Okay, well, if that's your approach to serious concerns brought by serious people, I don't know why the hell we've been listening to you for the last 14 months, 15 months. I, I I think he sh- I think he should be fired immediately. Um, I also think I, he should uh, have to rescind his federal pension. I don't think he should be able to. Uh, I I think that needs to be stricken from him at this point as well. I think that I'd be fine with that because it'll be one of the largest federal pensions ever paid out. It's going to be the biggest probably of all times. Actually, it will be the biggest. I mean, he's all, what does it matter to him? I just found out a couple days ago that he has an entire documentary. So all that's going to air on that geo. There you go. Yeah. You see, you heard that. And then of course we have his books, plural, which what, what the hell are you right? What are you going to write? I, I, who's going to buy those? Who still is sitting around? No one's going to buy it. You know, that, that Fauci guy. I think they lie about book sales anyway. Absolutely. Well, I think, I think Michelle Obama's third book about how she, what, what? But what? Like no one's buying that. Well, shit. we know somebody. We know somebody who'll buy it. Your sister-in-law will buy it. And pr- she'll never read yeah, so it. But she'll display it. So she will your sister-in-law. Will. And they'll display it proudly on their bookshelves to show how woke they are. But yeah, I guess so. Well, we're running a little long here. Belts. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. You're supposed to talk about China. We don't have time. But I want you to talk about how China further needs to pay, and you have some good examples of that next week. But nothing will change. We'll be China. ready. Yeah, well, nothing will change within seven days of recording. Anything you want to close with? Nope. Just uh, looking forward to the NFL season starting in a couple of months here. Make sure to tell folks about it because that's between that and college football. That's when we really get cooking. So tell people that's when we get cooking. Rate, I subscribe, and review. Futures are coming. College, I have one of my favorite futures of my life, and I am literally insane at those. 
uh, even an NFL future that I love. And then we'll be getting into that. And yes, looking forward to getting back to talking about gambling as this podcast was predicated on. But I like the evolution of it. I wouldn't take it back to save anything, a lot of it, because you've jumped on. And, of course, Bro Exotic. But anyway, man, thanks for jumping on the podcast, brother. And we'll have you on in seven days. All right. Out here. Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 51. Thanks to our guest host, Bro Exotic, and Tommy Bench. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, at the Sports Antidote. Follow me, at Danny underscore Belts. We're making moves on the AG, the Gram, InstaSham. Still getting shadow banned. Cucking. Anyway, be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Tune in next week, and again, we'll get into gambling more as we get closer into football. I got a couple futures for you. Woo, we're going to make some money. Keep it real, Antidotions. Spoken. My language is broken into a slang, but it's just the dialect that I select when I hang up.